Good morning. Welcome to worship. I'm Ben. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope. I, I want to extend my welcome as well to you. So good to be gathered together today. A special welcome to guests who are with us and a very, very special welcome to all those who stayed up all night watching the bison and are still here. We're glad you made it. Uh, we're, we're continuing this sermon series, The Culture of Hope, uh, looking at these 13 values that, that make this congregation who we are. These values are, are at the core of, of what it means for us to be the church together. They're at the very center of our lives here as people of hope. They're how we live out our faith. But even more than that, the culture of hope, this phrase, culture of hope, is about what it means to live in the hope of Jesus. In a world that seems lost sometimes, in a world that, that's broken and tired and worried, and it's in that world that Jesus shapes us as a people to be a people who live in hope. Hope in him, not anything else, but hope in him. And so today we're gonna talk about worship, about the power of, of worship to, to change us, to shape us, to transform us more and more into the image of God. Worship is this place where, where our world, the world that, that exists outside of these doors, outside of this sanctuary, comes together with God's world, where we see ourselves in the story of God. And then we begin to see the world through that story. And so let's pray as we begin. Heavenly Father, today by our worship, transform us. Give our lives shape, give us eyes to see, and teach us to be more like you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. It was uh, years ago in a church where I was serving as a pastoral intern. We, we were in worship one night. It was a Wednesday night, and it was dark outside, and, and the church was empty. The, the lights were going off. There were just a few people left in this uh, church, and, and someone came to me and said, Ben, there's someone who's still in the sanctuary. And so I poked my head in the back door and, and looked down, and there was a woman, uh, and, and I recognized her, not because she was a member of our church or because she regularly attended our church, but I recognized her because she had come in to worship and snuck into the back earlier that day, and, and now worship was over, and there she sat in the front of the sanctuary, and it was dark in, in the sanctuary, and the only thing that was lit in the room was the cross right in the front and she sat there uh, almost with her hands in her knees and her head down, but she was looking at the cross. And I wondered why. Why was she there? Why was she still there? And so I went and, and sat with her for a few moments to find out. In the late 1800s, there was a man named Rudolph. He immigrated to Minnesota from Germany and he settled some farmland and then he went out and he did something once he was settled. He gathered up eight or nine families on the surrounding farms to come every Sunday to his house and, and he invited a local preacher to come from the next town over and to hold worship, to sing, to pray together, to hear God's word right there in that little house week after week. Why? Why would he do that? 
Every week in Beijing, I read an article about this recently, maybe even today, right now, there's a small group of, of 10 Christians who meet in this little apartment. They, they study the Bible, they sing hymns, and when they do that, they risk everything because their faith isn't compatible with the religion of the state, and there are hundreds of home churches like this meeting across the country. Why, why would they do that? There's a missionary named Benjamin who plunges every day into a bomb shelter in a small town in the Ukraine and he holds uh, church services for refugees, praying the Psalms, uh, leading the Lord's prayer, singing hymns and praises to God as sirens go off overhead. Why? Why would they do that? You're here. You're here this morning and, and there are hundreds of things going on in your life, work and school, uh, keeping your life together. There's family stuff. There's, there's friends that you don't see enough. It might have taken a whole lot of, of getting ready or coaxing, a whole lot of work to get to your pew this morning, but you're here and I'm so glad that you are. And the question I have is why? Why in the midst of life for ages have people paused, have, have people risked? Why have people prioritized and struggled to worship? And I suppose that there's lots of answers to that question of why. Answers like, my mom made me. Or, uh, I love to sing. Or, it's a great place to be in community. Or, if we're good, we get donuts after. Answers like, this is how I was raised. This is what we do week after week after week. And some of those are good answers, great answers, but there's a deeper answer. There's a truer answer about why we worship, and it's this. In worship, we encounter the living God. We encounter the living God, and our lives are transformed. It's this place where our eyes come to see, our ears come to hear, that even though we live these full lives out there, day after day, we're caught up in something bigger. We're caught up also in the salvation and the glory of God. We come to know that when Jesus said, for God so loved the world, he meant you and me. And so worship is this place where we celebrate that, where, where we sing and we pray and, and we hear that story of God's faithfulness and redemption over and over again and let it give shape to our messy lives. I heard recently a woman say it this way. She, she compared worship to getting cataract surgery. Think about that for a moment. It's not what we think. She said it this way, after, after she had a surgery, she was able to see the world so much clearer than before. And she said worship did the same thing for her week after week. It helped her to see the world clearly. For centuries, people have come together to worship God. They've patterned their lives around it. Why? 
The ancient Hebrew people, they were, they were freed from slavery in Egypt. And, and while they waited for the land that God had promised them, they wandered in the wilderness. And as they wandered, they would set up camp. And, and at the very center of their camp, there was something called the tabernacle. It was a tent where they worshiped. But it was also this place where God made his home among them. The, the tabernacle had this inner room where, where God's presence dwelled. It was the most holy place, the place where heaven and earth came together, where the world that we live in and heaven, the place where God dwells, came together and, and eventually uh, they would build a temple, but, but for that moment, this is where they worshiped and they knew as they came to worship that, that they were encountering God, that they were coming into his very presence and when they built the temple, it was the same thing. They would come to Jerusalem and worship there and, and they knew that this was a holy place where God's presence was with them. Our gospel today is this little snippet, one verse of, of an encounter, a conversation that Jesus has with this woman at a well in the middle of a hot day. She's all tangled up in sin. She's a Samaritan woman. She's confused about life, and she's confused also about worship. And she says to Jesus, my people, they worship over there on that mountain, but your people, they worship over there in Jerusalem, in the temple. Which one is true? And, and Jesus has an answer for her that she doesn't expect. He says, soon you will worship not here or there. Soon you will worship in spirit and in truth. And what he means is that, yes, people have encountered God in, in the holy place, the tabernacle, the temple in Jerusalem, but soon Jesus would die on a cross and he would rise from the grave and he would send the Holy Spirit into the world and people wouldn't need to go to Jerusalem because the Spirit of God would be with them wherever they are and they can worship in spirit and in truth throughout the world because the risen Jesus will meet them right there. It's this moment, this conversation between Jesus and this woman is a moment of worship there in the afternoon sun. Because what happens in that conversation as she discovers the truth is she comes face to face and heart to heart with Jesus. And she leaves changed. She goes and tells everyone she knows. And that's what worship is. Yes, it's the songs that we sing. It's the prayers that we pray, it's the message that we hear, it's gathering together in a sanctuary, but at its core, it is an encounter, it is a face-to-face -face meeting with Jesus, the one who died for you and for me. It's a chance to come into the presence of the holy, the merciful, the good, the gracious God. It's, it's a chance to hear the story of his salvation, to eat and drink of his body and his blood, to sing praises to him and to leave different than when we came in the doors because Jesus is here with us. That is why we worship together because heaven and earth, they meet when we do. It's why a woman would sit in a sanctuary long after worship is over and the lights have been turned off and the people have gone home because she met Jesus there and he had something to say to her about her lonely life. It's why an immigrant farmer would get his neighbors together and stop working for a while on a Sunday morning to remember that the sweat and the hard work and the sickness and the loss around them weren't the only things, that there is a God who remembers them and he's right there and 
heaven and earth meet in him. It's why people cram into a little apartment in Beijing to sing and to pray and to know that the hurts of their lives aren't the only thing, that Jesus is there with them and he has something for them. He has an eternal home for them that's brighter than anything that they could ever imagine. It's why a missionary crawls into a bunker day after day after day with a makeshift altar and a crowd of refugees to proclaim that the bombs and the gunfire and the war and the death, in the midst of that, they are not forgotten because Jesus is there and he will never, ever leave or forsake them. And it's why we're here today because Jesus is here too. And no matter what's going on in our lives, whatever battle is in front of us, whatever struggles we're facing, whatever hurts we're carrying, whatever sins we need to lay down, no matter what, Jesus is here to meet us, to look us right into our eyes and to tell us that we are forgiven, that we are healed by his death, that we are given a new and eternal life in him. Heaven and earth meet here today. And that truth will always change us, always. And everything we do here is a response to that truth. At Hope we have this value of transformative experiential worship, experiential transformative worship, excuse me. And what it means is this, it means that we, when we come to worship, we expect that God will be here. We expect to encounter God. We know that he's here. And because of that, we expect that lives will be transformed as we worship together because Jesus is here. And so what we hope for is that our worship would mirror the glorious kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God that that Jesus is bringing into this tired and weary world would be the one that we reflect, that we want our words, our 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 praises to honor him. We want our songs uh, to shout out and sing because God is so very good in our lives and because he's here with us today, we know that, that his experience, that his presence will shape us as we meet together. And so at Hope, we work hard at that. We work hard at worship and we plan and we prepare and we rehearse and we do our best because we know something. We know that when we show up, Jesus already has. And we're going to meet him here. We're going to leave those doors today. When you press that door open and you walk back into the world, you're different than you were when you walked in. And week after week after week, our lives will be transformed by that, not just so that we can face the day or the week ahead, but so that we can live with with an eternal perspective in life. We've got a couple members, a husband and wife, Tyrell and Carly, who are gonna share a little bit about the transformation that worship has had in their lives. Let's hear it from them. I'm Carly. I play bass with the worship teams here at Hope. Um, I kind of fill in. I have one team that I'm 
play mainly with, but I fill in all over. So we kind of worship at all three campuses because I go where I'm needed. I'm Tyrell. I'm her husband, which is kind of, I kind of just follow her for the campuses that we go to and you know, just try and make it every Sunday and love being here. When I came back, it was like a light switch flipped on. I was like, oh, that, that's what was missing, like was worship, was God, was like actively growing my faith. So that's another part I love is coming um, back every week feels like I'm actually working on my issues through God. I don't know if that makes sense. I think it does. <laughs> okay. He didn't, but he had, and he had all these pre preconceived ideas about what Christians were. And then he started coming to church and he was like, wait, what? What is, what is, this is not what I expected. That's what I got from you. Yeah. And just everything from, it seems like every week the sermon is definitely relevant to my life and I'm learning things all the time. And I feel like before church, I feel felt like other than my professional, I wasn't really learning a whole lot. I mean, you know, being, being in today's age, it's a lot easier to fall into just playing video games and yeah, just being distracted and coming to, to hope. It, it challenges me more than um, I, I normally get challenged. And I like it. And then you also got baptized. Yeah. You chose to be baptized because you weren't baptized as a baby. Correct. So you stood up there with a, with a row, of, row of kids and got baptized. Yeah. And it was a great moment. It's so interesting as I listen to Tyrell and Carly. They're two people with lives joined together in marriage. But as I listen to them, I, I hear two very distinct journeys of faith. For Carly, worship was this place that she stepped away from for a while. And she came back and, and she realized that it was the thing that, that she needed, that it was a place of comfort and a place of healing. And for Tyrell, it was discovering a truth for his life, something to stand on, and then being baptized into the death and life of Jesus. And he would say that that, that feels like a seal on his life forever. They both met Jesus as they came and worshiped God together. And so my question is, is what about you? What about you? What about your life of worship? You're here, but where are you at? Did you show up today expecting that Jesus would meet you here? Do you recognize the brokenness in your life that needs to be reshaped into his image? 
Do you see that, that he's with you now? Where are you at? And then the question is always, where will you go next? How are you gonna go deeper into that life of worship that God calls all of us into in this life? And there's lots of ways. Maybe it's worshiping more regularly, more often. Maybe it's, it's taking a moment to, to pray in your car before you come in, to, to pray that God would take away the things of the day that, so you can fully uh, be present in these moments. Maybe it's singing a little louder. Maybe it's going a little bit deeper afterwards, taking those questions in your bulletin home with you and realizing the truths that we discover and remember here together have something to say about the lives that you lead each and every day. Maybe it's it's getting together to reflect on those with a small group. I invite you to pray about those things and think about them today. And my hope for you is this. My hope for you is that you would experience his presence. The presence of Jesus, whose love for you is, is deeper than you could ever imagine. Uh, deeper than you'll ever understand, than any of us will ever know. And I hope that, that as we pray and as we sing this morning, as we sit in this together, that you will know, that you will truly know that Jesus is here and he will change your life. Amen.